Hello and welcome to the Drum History Podcast. I'm your host, Bart Vanderzee, and today I am honored to be joined by Mr. Rob Latham. Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so this is a really neat one. Um, We are talking about the power of using rhythm and drums to help kids who have faced problems with trauma and uh, all kinds of very serious problems, but using the power of drums and percussion to um, to kind of as as therapy. Is that fair to say? Yes. We use the drum to help self-regulate and to bring order to the chaos that uh, that child is feeling either in their body or in their mind. Yeah. Self-regulation is something we'll talk about here um, soon. And you have a book that came out and all this good stuff. But before we start, and uh, I, I we'll, we'll get into this really, really soon, but I wanted to um, give a shout out. Uh, there's a new top tier Patreon member, and I, I you get a shout out on an episode, and I want to do that right up front. So Mr. Jason Christ has joined and is uh, now at the upper tier on Patreon. So thank you to Jason. Um, he said he has a small one-car garage drum shop called JAC's Drum Shop here in Arizona, where he is, he said he builds snare drums using a variety of shell designs, configurations, stave shells, segmented shells, hourglass shells, all kinds of stuff. Um, I also hand turn custom air vent grommets for drums. Pretty cool. So he's working with Doc Sweeney's hollow core snares. So um, I just want to give him a big shout out. Jason has actually been on my page. He's been a patron of the show for I think it said 36 months and he just jumped up. So thank you to Jason for doing that because it really does. It pays for like the service we're using to record this right now. So uh, thanks to Jason. Check him out on Facebook at facebook.com slash J-A-C-S drum shack and Instagram at the same thing. So I'll put that in the description. Anyway, thanks to Jason. But Rob, so this is a cool, very important topic because kids need help. Kids need uh, there's a lot of problems out there. We were talking before we started that we're pretty lucky guys to be, you know, in in good situations. But a lot of kids aren't in that um in that situation at all. So just what is, what is all this? How do you use drums and music for therapy? And we'll just go from there. Okay. Well, uh, I teach at an elementary school here uh, close to Kansas city. It's Ridgeview elementary in Liberty, Missouri. Uh, I, the school that I teach at is a title one school. So we have uh, a lot of counselors. We have a lot of therapists. Uh, We help out uh, social workers um, we have the dentists come in, we have doctors, we do back snacks, we make sure that the kids are comfortable, they feel safe here. So because a lot of the kids come from trauma, they come from uh, neglect at home, poverty, uh, maybe a parent is in jail or a single parent who is just doing their best, working three jobs, so they're having to raise uh, their own uh, siblings, you know, if they were yeah. the oldest. So um, when they come to school, it, learning, uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic is not really high on the, on the list of things to do because they're stressed out. They're, they're just wanting to survive. So uh, what I run is what's called the care room. It's calming and recovering environment. And uh, my badge says ISS, but we just, that's just what it, we changed it. Sure. To what does ISS care. stand for? In school suspension. Ah, I see. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Okay. So what we wanted to do is, you know, we're always talking about 
teaching those missing skills to, uh, you know, to adults so they don't go back to prison, but we want to start it early. So when a child comes to me, maybe they're struggling in school, maybe struggling at home, they can come to me and I help regulate them. Uh, It could be like a 10, 15 minute break where we can, you know, play a game that works with uh, learning executive skills. Whenever I say executive skills, uh, it's using the frontal lobe of the brain or, you know, social emotional skills, which is a hot topic, you know, because COVID a few years ago, uh, kids, everybody was staying inside. So we had young kids that were not knowing how to uh, play nice with other kids or just they were going through their chaos at home, you know, with yeah. parents that were stressed out. So, you know, the Western world, we look at drums differently. We look at them as uh, adding a beat to a song. But, you know, in different cultures, you go to Africa or the Middle Eastern, it is something that is spiritual. It's uh builds community, it builds uh, self-esteem, self-worth. And so what I do here is uh, kind of what they've been doing for hundreds of years back there is using um, the drum. And uh, take uh, Robert uh, Lawrence Friedman. He wrote a book called The Healing Power of the Drum. Hmm. And he was talking about... uh, Again, Western culture, uh, we do a lot of head stuff. Whenever we say the Pledge of Allegiance, we say we just say the Pledge of Allegiance. If we say Hail Mary, we just say Hail Mary. Uh, a lot of countries, cultures, they play it. So it's not only just in our head. By playing it, by our hands touching something, a, a drum skin, our body, something, it then becomes part of us. So if I say, Bart, you can do hard things, and we just say it, well, then that's just stuck in your head. But if we play it on our body, Bart, you can do hard things, and we repeat that over and over and over, it's almost like a mantra, then it becomes part of you, not just your head, it becomes a part of your body. In my room, I have about uh, eight djembe's, uh, some congas, uh, marimbas, you know, all tuned to see. And the kids can come in, and sometimes I will just sit down with them, and I will let them lead the groove. Other times I will start to groove, but maybe we won't talk at all. We'll just play and uh, have a communication through rhythm. It's very different than what it used to be like, you know, when they would, at the beginning of the year, you know, I would do a lot of talking, you know, let's do this, uh, grasshopper or puppy dog, you know, grasshopper, puppy dog, play it on the drums, and you repeat it back to me. Now they come in, and they'll go to it, and you know how they talk about you get on your phone and you kind of go into this matrix, you know, it's like, Oh my gosh, 20 minutes have just gone by. (laughs) Uh, Well, the same thing can happen with drums and rhythm. You get a pulse going and you go, Oh my goodness, 10 minutes has gone by. They are regulated and they are ready to go back to class. 
Uh, we do a lot of other things in here too. It's not just all drums and incense. No, we do we sure. do a lot of uh, teaching. But really, though, like in simplest terms, it's people. Someone, a, a child, is having like a meltdown. They're having a hard mm-hmm. time. They're they're they've been asked to leave an, their class, and they come to you. You're the guy who let's just calm down. Let's do this. Would the alternative mm-hmm. to you doing drums be someone more like more of like a punishment or would it be more like? Yes. Wow, this, okay. this room before I came to it and even the first couple of years would get destroyed with kids with rage. Uh, and now and, and we'd have uh, those they, they call them safe rooms where it's like a small little room padded and you <laughs> put the kids in there. And you, I know you've heard of those. Sure. But. We don't have them anymore because this whole big classroom is considered a safe room. And the kids that come in here, and I have about 30 that I meet with daily, uh, they are a community. And, and, and I love them. They are, they are great kids. And all they are is life has handed them something raw yeah. uh, on the outside of this school, and they're just missing some skills. So... We're going to, you know, just like I didn't go to school knowing how to do math. I had a teacher teach me how to do math. Yeah. I am the teacher that teaches them to say thank you, you know, whenever somebody does something nice to, to feel gratitude, to feel sure. empathy, to feel uh, feel good about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. You're using it for a very therapeutic reason. But do kids ever like like want to pick up and become drummers from this? Um, I do. Well, I've been a drum instructor for 35 years uh, at, a, at a music store, Palin Music. So as soon as I get done here teaching yeah. all day, then I go teach drum private <laughs> drum lessons at sure. night. So I get to spend 12 hours a day with drums. Uh, the kids, they are starting to get hand drums. You know, this year at, at Christmas time, they asked for hand drums. They asked for musical instruments to go along with the games that they were also new and that they were wanting to have. But this is like the first year where it was like, hey, I got a I got a small djembe for Christmas. I got a guitar for Christmas. And so that was that's very exciting because that's lifelong. That game is not, you know, it's old news in three months, but a djembe. Oh, boy, I love those. I'll have one till the day I die. It's uh, it reminds me of when. So David Frangioni, who's runs Modern Drummer, was on recently, and he mm-hmm. talked about how he it's a great story that he tells. It's sad, but is it, he lost his eye. He had eye cancer, lost his eye as a kid. Kids would make fun of him, but he found drums and it was like a good outlet for him. So it seems like just with what you're saying that like, yes, it's good in your classroom, but really it's like kids should. And I'm, I'm sure they do realize that, man, I can do this at home and get that same soothing effect. Yes, they can regulate at home because yes. one anytime that you play the drums or play any musical instrument, but I'm just going to say drums, and you get that groove going, when you get done with it, your brain has naturally produced a dose, uh, enough uh, a dopamine that it equals one dose of Ritalin. Oh, wow. So anytime that a child comes into my room and we play it, I'm giving them that natural Ritalin, you know, so they can go back. They're just calm. Now, they might have to come back again, and they do, 
But, you know, some kids need different dosages. Uh, on the part where they get to, they not only get to take it home and use drums, but we also celebrate it here at school at Ridgeview. Uh, we have what's a monthly assembly that's called a Community Circle. And like I said, I have all these drums in here. I also have about 25 buckets. Uh, our music teacher has about 30 djembes. So just like if you went to Middle Eastern country or uh, Africa and they have drum circles, okay, to start, we're going we're gonna to play drum, uh, djembes uh, and we're going to tell stories. We're going to teach lessons. We're going to tell our history. We kind of do the same thing at Ridgeview. We, uh, as the kids are coming in, we will have about 20 kids playing djembes. You know, we're doing a drum circle. And we're, it's not really fast. You know, we're not showing sure. off. It's just a groove. It's to get the kids in. We're going to start celebrating you. We're going to celebrate your accomplishments. Uh, the kids that I work with, about uh, four years ago, we started uh, bucket drumming. Oh, cool. And uh, so uh, we will pick a song, and it will do a short version, and we'll do choreography with it. So, like, one of their favorites is to do uh, – Thriller by Michael Jackson. So we will do uh, like uh, Dracula <laughs> yeah, movements. We'll do Frankenstein. We'll do Ghost. Uh, we'll do the Michael Jackson movement. And it's a lot of fun. And so the kids that are normally last picked in a, you know, playground basketball game or last picked in PE, they get to get up in front of the school Cool, yeah. And do the bucket drumming routine. So we're setting goals. We're practicing. You know, we have to do it once a day. If we, if we know that we're going to have this coming, we do it once a day. And so they, can, they get the, those feelings of feeling nervous, uh, accomplishing a goal, and then getting that uh, joy juice of, of feeling, you know, the applause that they get afterwards. Yeah. Uh, what we started doing this year is we took it up a notch. And so I made uh, the whole school does it. So because, you know, body drumming is important and all, I mean, there's a lot of kids that might be in trauma or stressed out that we don't know about because they're not showing it on the outside. So a week before our community circle, I will send out a video of the choreography, of the rhythm, of the beats. And when... uh, They have circle up time every morning uh, in each classroom. They will practice it. So when it comes Friday, I got 400 kids plus my bucket drummers and myself leading them. And we're all doing a celebration of rhythm and drums. That is awesome. I love that it's drums. Obviously, we love drums as as Mm -hmm. drummers. But I think in general that like. I don't know that that like focusing your attention on anything. It could be sports or you like painting, whatever. That is so important for people's brains. Even as an adult, it's like it's good to find time to not where you're not just working or, you know, doing family stuff. It's good to take time just to like for us again, play the drums, but Mm -hmm. focus on anything is just is just great. Now, it seems like you've like you've changed the whole school. I don't know what it was like before, but it seems like it's now a drum school. I mean, what's the reception (laughs) of all the teachers? Well, they know it's, they know it's coming. And actually the district, uh, Liberty school district, uh, made me, 
the district uh, support employee of the year. So for the wow. whole district, so it's Congrats. been it's been growing. Uh, it's taken us about eight nine years to do it. But you know, I have a, a Tibetan singing bowl that I use to teach us focus and uh, you know mindfulness. You know, I put it in a kid's hand and uh, you know ask them what they're thinking about it. Our counselor has a Tibetan singing bowl. My principal has a, a Tibetan singing bowl. I was telling uh, my principal, Dr. Tyler Shannon, uh, that a few years ago, how I was reading uh, this doctor, uh, a music therapist in New York, took his uh, drummers out into the city and played to the tempo of the city. Oh, wow. Okay. And so it was fast and it was moving and no one was paying attention to him. And then he says, let's slow it down. Let's simplify it. And so he just, they just laid a slow groove. Once they slowed down, the people started to stop and notice. Okay, so now let me bring it back to here. If I have a student that is uh, struggling you know, they're not so much, you know, I don't want to say rage because then they, that's a whole different other thing, but they are really upset. Uh, even like my principal, I, he has a djembe and he will come in and he will just boom, boom, boom. And I will be with that child and we will, you got this, let's breathe. Because sometimes we have to have two people. In, uh, on there, so sure. in, a, in a classroom, and so we'll be yeah. wor- working if I need help, and he'll just pick up a drum, and he'll just do a slow heartbeat. So we're trying to regulate that, and I'm trying to slow, and there's no talking going on. I'm not going now. Just be quiet. Yeah. Uh, you got this. Uh, you know, you know. Yeah. And the old my old my parents would say, you know, the old I'll give you a reason to cry. <laughs> we don't say that here, but here it's just okay. You can br- just. Uh, you got this. Let's breathe. And all while, boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, boom. And, you know, other cultures have been doing that for hundreds of years. You know so much more of this about this than I do. But I can say from having a three-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, wow, that's a lot sometimes. But I can say that it's these just and I think it's it's very normal three-year-old stuff. But it's like losing their mind but if you just kind of like let's just we're gonna we're doing something else i'm not gonna like elevate the situation but i just kind of switch to something else or i start playing the drums or because we have a little drum set next to his play area and or just start doing legos or something they forget about it It, yeah yeah it it happens again but you just (laughs) then you distract them again Uh, i got uh about it Two years ago, I got certified in neurorhythmic trauma therapy by Dr. Uh, Pamela Lynn Serafin. And one of the things that she said that just stuck with me, when you are playing, and, you know, if you're just, time stops, you are no longer thinking about what you're angry about. You're not thinking about uh, that you didn't have breakfast you're not thinking about, you know, the fight you got in with your brother. At that moment, all you are is focusing in on me, who's trying to help you, or uh, and that beat, that slow, rhythmic beat. And, uh, you know, and the brain, it wants that order because whenever that child, whenever your three-year-old is 
you know, it's that's frustration. You know, they they're trying to tell you something that life is not right. Yeah. And please help me make this moment right. Yeah. And it doesn't help the the three year old if you elevate up too. I work with this thing called conscious discipline, and it's uh, created by Dr. Becky Bailey. And so there are three brain states. There's your survival state, which is where you're back in uh, your brain stem. Okay. And then there's your emotional your, and your limbic station. Uh, that's your uh, emotional. And so that's the side of the brain. Where we want to be as the adult is we want to be in the frontal lobe, the executive state. So when a child, you know, if is losing their marbles, uh, and they're not saying anything, and they're throwing things, uh, they're in their survival state. They're saying, this is not okay. And what we want to do is we want to try and work them up. So, you know, and it has to go, it, it has to go from survival to emotional to the frontal lobe, the executive state. Uh, so, you know, the first thing I do, and oh, let me also say that just not every person that's in their survival state is, destroying a room or having a tissy fit. It could just be they put their head down and they put their hoodies up over their head. Uh, they're in survival state too because they've just shut down. Sure. And and I, I've been that way. I'm sure you have too, where it's just like, I, I can't take this anymore and I'm yeah. I'm giving up. Okay, yeah. you're you're in fight or flight there. You're just uh you're in survival state. The minute so then I go up and I'm, you know, my just play, you know, I, I could just like snap or have a shaker with me and just breathe. Okay. I'm not saying anything. I'm just shaking, breathing. The minute they say something, you know, it could be a curse at, towards me or this sucks, you know, just something. I know that they are now in the emotional state. Okay. okay? They're at the side, working on the side of the brain. Now I got them. So now we can now start working towards being up here. Now, here's the thing is too many times when I had a three-year-old and when he went into that uh, fight or flight, I join him. You know, I would go, ah, I would be. (laughs) Sometimes it happens. And then I, and today, I mean, even today, I mean, I'm, I'm calm right now, but I, I probably lose my marbles about three times a week. And uh, my assistant principal, uh, Mrs. Heather Buckman, she knows I'm about ready to lose it because I have my uh, pen and I'm like flicking it like crazy. And then she'll go, uh, go, go take a walk and, uh, yeah. and then she'll do it. But, you know, because we're a team, Dr. Shannon, uh, Mrs. Buckman and myself, uh, we're a team. One of us can step out and the other person step in because they know we've been at this long enough. We know what needs to happen and because somebody needs to be here. Yeah, if someone's yeah. back here, someone has to be at the front uh, in their executive state. Yeah, I mean, you're absorbing all of this stuff and this rage from these kids. And mm-hmm. long story short, I, I've filmed for the last six years seminars for continuing education for psychologists and tons of classes. But again, I'm right. in the back just filming. People always go, you must know so much. It's like, <laughs> you'd be amazed at how uh, at the end of the day, I can say, what were we talking about? <laughs> but uh, it's always fun and good. But um, uh, there's there's a whole thing about self-care and, and right. treat, taking care of yourself. 
because you're just absorbing all this rage from from I don't I, I don't use the wrong words, but you know what I mean? This anger yeah. from kids. But it does sound like fun what you're doing with drums and kind of regulating. But really, you're in the like you're in the deep end a lot of times, I'm sure. And right. it's not all just like no, djembes I, and shakers. No, know? no, I've been hit, kicked, bit. Oh, man. Uh, things thrown at me. Uh, but that doesn't that doesn't happen as much because because of the culture that we've created at our school. If a child knows that they're about ready to go to a dark place, they'll just ask for a break. Oh, yeah, that's good. And they'll come down because my room is safe. Uh, like I said, you know, like you said earlier, uh, a lot of places treat this room as as punishment. And teachers would even, you know, they look for reasons to get kids out, of, you know, out of not so much at this school. It's like they they want to have their kids in their classrooms. And so they will let them take that 10 minute break to get regulated so that they can come back and, and learn because they don't want to reteach things. No, no, that's a good point of really, Oh, we covered this. What did I miss? And then you're, mm-hmm. everyone's getting um, screwed up. I think it's uh, fascinating. I think it's extremely powerful. I think it's great. You're doing it. Hopefully more people around the country and the world do it, but on on that note, I do want to know. I, so this is your specific field. I'm sure there's tons and tons of different ways people use percussion as therapy. But I don't know. I'm sure you know a fair amount about all the different things around the world. Can you just tell us a little bit how other people use percussion in therapy? And I don't expect you to be an, ec- an expert on every <laughs> single world, world, you know, <laughs> right culture, uh, right? You, you know, a lot of them used it to uh, to build the community. Mm-hmm. which is what, you know, I've taken that model and brought it here. Uh, they were to teach lessons and, you know, okay, so you take the, take the djembe and that's uh, uh, West African, uh, Anka J, Anka Bay. Everyone gather together in peace. Okay. That's what, so whenever you would have that djembe and someone would bring it out, you knew that it was going to be a party you knew that there was going to be a celebration. You knew there was going to be dancing. You knew that there was going to be stories and lessons being told. So, you know, that's why I have so many of them. And I love djembe's. And there's a spirit to it. They, um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm hoping I'm not wrong on this. But they believe that every djembe has a spirit. It has the spirit of the tree that it was cut down. Uh, the, and to and made into it that it has the spirit of the animal that f- maybe fed the f- community, but now its skin is now part of it uh, to make the sound. And then there is the person who puts it all together and the player. So the, the spirit of three or four things is in that one drum. And I have, uh, at my house, I have a Makuta drum. And it came from Central Africa. And it would be like they would put, uh, to, it, was a ho- it was a log. And they would take hot ashes, put it in the center, and then just let, you know, it burn cool. yeah. the center out. Okay, so you also added the spirit of fire to the Makuta drum. And it took a long time. 
So th- these drums were so important to the community that if they ever had to leave, uh, you know, or if they had to, if there was a flood coming or, uh, you know, a fire or if they had, to, you know, their food ran out, they would leave us many things, but they would not leave their drum. That drum Incredible. was important. And, you know, drums uh, in history uh, have been part of history. You know, a lot of women were, yeah. were drummers. Uh, you know, uh, take, uh, you know, we always think of the Ten Commandments, Charlton Heston, uh, <laughs> you know, holding his arms out in the yep. Red Sea, and, and, he, and the whole thing took like five minutes, you know. <laughs> but uh, there's a story uh, in, uh, that Miriam uh, I think that is his sister or the person who took care of him sure. uh, was a drummer. And to, you know, because whenever the Red Sea parted, uh, he had to have his arms out for a long time and he was getting tired. So Marion got out her drum and I'm sure it was like a doom back or a tambourine or a frame drum, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever, whatever it was and played for Moses. So I'm like going, Way to go, Miriam. You know, that I wish they would have added that to, you know, that Charlton Heston, you know. Yeah. That yeah. would have been, been more lifelike. I mean, but uh, that's like encouragement. And that's just that even goes back to drums on ships to make people row faster and keep right. up the. Obviously, that's a rhythm thing as well. But right. um, and think about yeah. our own uh, little drummer boys. You know, uh, they were and I tell my students they were between the ages of eight and twelve yeah. And they had to come up with uh, those patterns that you and I practiced for forever. You know, it was like they because they didn't have walkie talkies or radios or cell phones. You know, they had to come up with a pattern that meant something. So a sure. double paradiddle sounds different than a single paradiddle, which sounds different than a rough. And, you know, whenever uh, you had all that going on and that's how we got our 25 standard yeah. rudiments you know it was nine-year-old kids that came up with that which Pretty is amazing crazy. and yeah. then i also tell them i say and you know in the in those wars you wanted to be the little drummer boy because it was considered bad luck to uh to shoot you you yeah. know they they wanted to steal the drum but you know for some, some reason they they honored you uh, yeah. And as soon as that war, you know, as soon as the battle started, they put that drum on their back and then they started running around picking up the, the wounded, you sure. know. And so, you know, yeah. tremors have been heroes for a long time. Yes. And we continue to be heroes. heroes. Your, your, your work. <laughs> I think you are a hero for what you're doing oh, because you. of uh, it's very important. And just in general, kids, Kids in these positions, kids, uh, they're kind of like a lot of times, uh, you know, it's cliche almost, but like left behind, you know, right. they're, they're not cared for as much. So you clearly have a very big heart and and want to um, help these kids. But obviously working as a drum teacher, I'm sure you've taught a lot of kids drum set. Oh, yeah. Over you the know. years and all that stuff. And, and it's gone through periods of, you know, you know, everybody wanted to play like Neil Peart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then then we had the Carter Beaufort, then the Danny yeah. Carries, and then, uh, you know, it, it, it's... <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting to think about. Yeah, every, you know, I want to be like Bonham. I, wanna, I, uh-huh. I talked for a while and it was like young kids were all super into the band Imagine Dragons. I know. It, I play it all the time. Yeah. Still, believer. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was like, okay, we'll do that. That's fine. But uh-huh. um, you also mentioned, so you, you, you did talk about them a little bit, but you mentioned the work of uh, Becky Bailey and Pamela Lynn Serafin. Um, and, and everyone who's thinking it, yes, she was, Pamela was either married or you, you said they're not yeah, together Mary, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, married, married to Danny um, from Danny Serafin from Chicago. Uh, it's pretty cool. These two ladies are are absolutely brilliant. Okay, I learned from Becky Bailey first, and she was the one that got excited about drums. And so, whenever I was talking just a little bit ago about the brain states, uh, that that's Becky Bailey. That's simple, kind of simplifying the brain in three uh, little in three regions. Okay, and so when we go throughout our day here at Ridgeview, and there's a lot of schools that go through, it's called conscious discipline. Uh, we, we talk about the brain states. My students know about the brain states. You know, I got third mm. graders wow. that will tell them that, you know, that their lid is flipped and they're in the emotional state. Yep. Or, you know, they'll tell me about what they were feeling. And we'll talk a lot about feelings. Uh, you know, we use puppets and Stuff and they will do a lot of uh, acting out through using puppets. Mm, cool. They're, whenever they're in emotional states, uh, and it, whenever the, and then it gets them to their their executive state. When uh, so I get to travel with them uh, at some of their uh, events. I've got gone down to Florida. I've gone to Texas. I've gone to uh, Louisville hmm. uh, to talk about what I do here uh, using drums, and nice. and it's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, now, Pamela, Doctor Serafin, Lynn Serafin, uh, she took those three brain states, but then showed me how each part of the brain affects that brain. Uh, have you seen the? Um, the video of Mickey Hart uh, with the funny cap on and, and he's playing drums and he's lighting up. Uh, no, oh, but Mickey Hart l- from Gra- the Grateful Dead, obviously. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he's Maybe done a I lot have. of, I don't know. No. A lot of stuff about, uh, he does a lot of stuff about drumming in the brain sure. and you should look at it. And I, cause I anytime I look uh, up and it's, it's fascinating. And so whenever you're playing the drum, uh, or any instrument, your brain just lights up. I mean, it's not just a little bit. I mean, it's like a full-on party. So Ms., uh, Dr. Serafin, she talks about how the drum affects each area of the brain. So, you know, uh, the cerebellum, that's like motor skills, and that's balance, and that's uh, the coordination. Uh, you get into the frontal lobe. That is where, you know, you're you're studying. That's... Uh, uh, you strategize, you're like having that conversation with the soloist, you know, the sure. musician. So you're part of it. The parietal lobe, that is like uh, following the conductor. Uh, you know, he's there and you're following along, uh, not going faster or slower if you're in band class. You know, those fifth, you know, if you're in band in fifth grade, that's hard to do. You want to go is. to the at the tempo. So, when that parietal lobe is telling you, teaching you how to do that. So again, it's all about focus. Yeah. Whenever I go and speak, I have pretty much everything that Pamela told me in all these slides, and and I use them for the uh, uh, the the educators that are there to learn how 
rhythm, and it's for them too. I mean, they always talk about feeling really good after mm. the 90-minute uh, presentation I just gave where they go, oh, my goodness, I, I'm going to go buy a Tibetan bowl or I'm going to go buy some shakers. I'm going to, yeah. you know, because we forget, you know, music's supposed to be played and it's supposed to be fun. Yes. So true. It's cool that you are spreading the message of this around the world. And you're doing that right now as well. I mean, so um, before we talk about your book, mm -hmm. let's just I think it might be cool to maybe talk about like. Uh, people can do this at home, I would imagine. Like, you right. can do this with, uh, it, I, it sounds like it doesn't just have to be kids. Like, if, no, you, no. if you yourself are having a bad day, I mean, I don't know if you work in a cubicle at an office, you should take a djembe with you and start playing in the middle. But, but. you can take a frame drum with you. And, cool. and what I do is, you know, I will get out a, a Tibetan bowl and I will go around in circles and I will say, take your hand and go no faster or slower than me. Your hand's going to match my hand. And so we'll do fingertips, and then I'll say, hey, how does, how does your hand feel? How does the drum feel? Does it feel rough? Does it feel cold, warm? Take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold it. Breathe out through your mouth slowly. Go no faster or slower. Now go to your fingernails. Hmm. How did it change? How does it feel? Take a deep breath in through your nose. You know, yeah. You go, it's just kind of just slowing and, and you're using senses because so many times when, and I'm just as guilty as whenever I get angry, I clench up and, you know, I'll start cussing, you know, under my yeah. breath. I mean, yeah. uh, that was one of the benefits of a mask whenever during COVID <laughs> yeah. is I could, you know, say all these words and no one could read my lips. Yeah, exactly. But now, now I got to use those filters again. But you take you know, that, uh, you know, a little frame drum or a Tibetan, have that my, like I said, my principal, my counselor, they have it in, uh, in their office. Now, a principal's job is pretty uh, stressful, you know, dealing with, you know, school bureaucracy oh, yeah, or, an, sure. or, or an angry parent or something. And I took a picture of him one time, and he had his Tibetan bowl, and he was on the phone, and he was just going around in circles, just <laughs> going awesome. around in circles, feeling that vibration, being in the moment, probably focusing in on his breathing, because breathing is a huge part of it, too. You know, we got to get the yeah. oxygen to the brain. Yeah. And we got to slow that heartbeat down. You mentioned when we were originally talking that you enjoyed uh, the Bill Sherman Sesame Street yes. episode. Yes. I think shows like Sesame Street, or, you know, and really a lot of PBS shows, they understand the like importance of music and rhythm and how just even like memorizing things to a rhythm with a drum going in the background. It's just it's really important and it's really powerful. Right. I uh, um, I, I was an avid viewer of Sesame Street whenever I was a kid mm -hmm. and then whenever my children where my they're 22 and 19 now, but I sure. would watch it with them. Uh, now it, it changed because I didn't have Elmo, but yeah. I I think I had a lot more I, you know characters you know to go from where they seem to spend like a half hour on Elmo, uh, <laughs> but the music was always there you yeah. know and Mr. Rogers I loved Mr. Rogers and. He would always have a song. Now, the thing that I loved about Mr. Rogers was 
he would he knows that our world was uh very noisy and there was times that there would just be like dead air yeah Slow. he would not not say anything you know i'm putting on my shoes you know he wouldn't say i'm putting on my shoes i am now tying my shoe yeah but you, you know could there see. was just that dead air that he, I, I saw this uh, on a documentary where he was, that was purpose. That was on purpose. And I didn't know it at the time, but I thought that's brilliant. So whenever I do my uh, presentation for adults or for kids, uh, when we will do this thing called a wave and it's drums playing at different times. And then we'll gradually go down to where there might be one drum playing and then there's none. And then yeah. I will do that. And we'll just sit there and then I'll point to my ear. And that's you listen to what's going on around you. And and they're in the moment because a lot of times, I mean, like uh, I was in a meeting this morning and we were doing something with our hands. But you know what? I was already thinking about what I was going to be doing on, the, uh, you know, thinking about this interview. I was sure. going to be thinking about what I was. I was not in the moment. And so whenever we're in this group, I try to create a time where they are right here in the moment. And we got to slow our days down. It makes me wonder, do you have like, if you had to give one example kind of in, in, in summary of like, you don't have to say his name or her name of like a kid who just like, like a success story of like, tell us about it. I'll give you, I'll give you three. Okay. Okay. We do a lot of um, music videos, okay? We'll pick, we just, uh, for uh, like Black History Month, we just did Buddy Guy's uh, Skin Deep. Mm. I go home, I work up the, uh, in my studio, I work up the keys and the music and everything, and then I'll come in here, I'll set up a little studio, and my kids, who wouldn't sing at the beginning of our time, now we'll sing skin deep skin. You know, they will sing it, you know, one at a time, you know, so they have my attention. I have. And so then I use garage band here on the computer. And so I build a whole choir of kids and then we'll make a video of, of this. And, and I always use puppets. So I have like a green screen in here. Wow. That's awesome. And, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, I bring in microphones and we've, video this stuff okay so we were working on on a video and there was going to be puppets and the kids like i said i kids love puppets because uh dr becky bailey says it takes two people to regulate okay i am if i'm not there it still takes two and so if i'm by myself my my frontal lobe becomes my second second person and says you got this you know, that's breathe, okay? A kid, a, a child cannot do that at age, you know, seven or six or seven. So I have to say, okay, breathe with me. All right. So I have these puppets. Kids love the puppets. We use them a lot in the videos. Student is okay at school, but you put him on a bus and he has a little trouble. And so he he got kicked off, off the bus. He loves coming to school. School's not the problem. The bus is. Uh, and he knew that I was working on the vi- on this one video uh, that was going to be played at one of our community circles. So he walked. You know, his parents or his mom gave him 
the choice. You can stay home because you kicked off the bus. We can't get you there. Uh, so he walked. He wanted, he did not want to miss out on this wow. opportunity. So he walked to school. We, we did our thing in here. He got to spend the day at school, be with his friends, be with, and then he walked home. Jeez. Another thing, uh, again, a sister uh, was having, she got sent home. Uh, they were uh, having some problems. This, the boy, he was like on the fence. He could either go, you know, his, either way. So I built a good relationship with him. His mom, his sister got kicked out. I didn't really work with the sister. Mom gave him the option, well, you can stay home with your sister because she doesn't have to go to school. And she says, no, I want to go and help Mr. Latham. I want to go to school. I want to go to school. Wow, that's and awesome. And so he came in. Uh, had another kid who, Mrs. B- he, he was brand new to here about two years ago. Oh, my gosh, he did not he did not have the skills of self-regulation, and he got frustrated, and her and I, we chased him all around the school for about an hour, and he even told me I needed to get on my knees and pray, and I was like going, dude, I'm, I'm, like, I'm 6'4", uh, but you're, you're pretty, but now wow. he is in here, and he goes straight to the drums, he goes straight to our marimbas. And he just plays, and he doesn't miss a day. And his grades are just going higher, higher, higher. That's Things that he awesome. hated to do. He hated to write. He hated, you know, doing this. But because, you know, music just has a way of exercising the brain, his grades are going up. And his confidence is going up, too. Because a lot of it, you know, a lot of these uh, acting out is just they just don't have the feel like they have the confidence to be able to do uh, the work that's set before them. Yeah. Like they're, it's, it's like, it's almost like a movie you see, like a kid, if you see it on screen, you can go, that kid's just embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Or like you can kind of hear their inner thoughts of like, uh, I don't want to do this. So now I'm going to be the class clown and freak out and cause a problem. But wow, those are cool. I love hearing that. That's awesome. I mean, first off, congratulations for the success of your program and for your school. It sounds like, um, it's just, it's paying off and very rewarding to you. You know, we have other schools that come and visit our room and. Uh, they want it like they want that magic pill like right now. Yeah. But, you know, this is something that we've been doing for, you know, eight, nine years. And so it's a, it, we're still learning. We try new things all the time. And whenever I say we, I'm talking about Dr. Shannon and Mrs. Heather Buckman. Yeah. So that, that's my team. Yeah. Yeah. But you have then put this kind of uh, your practice down on paper and digital. Let's talk about your book. The feeling is bright self-regulation through rhythm and rhyme. So tell us about the book. Okay. So it really started out about during COVID. Uh, We, you know, we were that from March to the end of the school year, we, you know, we were kind of, we couldn't be in school. But they wanted us to be a presence uh, to the kids. And so what I would do is every day I would write a social-emotional lesson in poem and play it to drums. Okay? So, uh, and then I would record it and put it on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. So that the kid, and then the kids could get on it. And I just made it 
you know, available cool. to everybody. Sure, yeah. Uh, so that's where it started. And so we were out of school for like like 42 days, school days. So I wrote a poem, 42 poems, you know, <laughs> nice. that was teaching social and emotional skills. So that, you know, that's what I would do my day. And because they were paying me, so I needed to be working. So And, and so I, I took my uh, English degree uh, from college and uh, just wrote every day and loved it. And it's just amazing that it was it exercised the mind yeah, in a different way that I had in, in a while. And then I'd have to put rhythms to it. And, and I, we're what, we're three years into it now. Uh, I still write every day. So what I, Becky Bailey, Dr. Bailey did was she knew what I was doing with the drums and she knew what uh, these rhythmic mantras that I was creating. And so she wanted to do it. And so what I did is I recorded uh, 23 of them, the, the, my favorite 23. And then uh, we made a book about 12. And then you can download the, the whole 23 songs, which is my voice, uh, children's voice. We call them the mindful maestros. And then uh, like about 20 uh, drum instruments. And, and okay, so I went back kind of like in my 80s uh, musical collection, you know, the Peter Gabriels and the sure. Stings. And yep. w- w- the thing that I always loved about them is that how they use percussion in their music. Yep. And so it'd be like you'd hear a, a triangle on the ants and a shaker maybe on every now and then. But it would like all over the place. So whenever I was recording this uh, – that's how I would like go into my eighties da- uh Peter Gabriel sting self, you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah. create drum parts on how I remember hearing them that I enjoyed back. So whenever you wear, he- use your headphones, you know, you might hear a triangle on the right hand side. I was really going for the stereo, a That's shaker, cool. a drum set. You know, yeah. and I of course I had to go my my three favorite drummers, uh Stuart Copeland, uh Phil Collins and Neil Peart, uh you know, I couldn't help. So whenever I would play the the drum set, of course, I would come up with something that was kind of like uh, what Phil Collins would do with on some of his solos albums, or with Peter Gabriel. You know, like when uh, the the Melt album where he couldn't use uh, any cymbals, and so it's very tribal. So then I would put these kitty, these social emotional, you know, get off the struggle bus to <laughs> yeah. to try. Uh, to drums. And so uh, I, it took me three years to do it. What we wanted to do is Dr. Bailey and I, uh, we wanted this product to be something that could, would be more than one time. You know, we, we go, we get on our phone and we flip through and yeah. we see nothing. Yeah. We want the, the book. So we got this be- this artist who does this beautiful work named Jolie Spellman. She did collage so that every time that you look at the picture that goes along with the mantra, the poem that I wrote, you see something different. When I uh, did the music, I made it so that every time that you listen to it, you go, oh, I didn't hear that shaker, or I didn't hear that talking drum before. Mm. 
You know, yeah. so you have to listen to it because it might just be subtle in the background. Sure. Uh, and then we put uh, lessons with it. So uh, Jolie Spellman wrote three art lessons uh, on ways to do collage. So whenever you down you you buy the book, you get the music, the downloadable music, and then you get like six lessons. So you get three art lessons from Jolie Spellman. You get two music lessons with me. And, you know, it's like all you just need to do is get a shaker or you can clap or something. And it's kind of just focusing in on the beat, the groove. And then since I wrote the words to it, you know, one poetry lesson. So wow. I did a lot. I did one. Uh, I did this poem where there's a lo- lot of blanks where you can, if I'm in, in a, in the city, that poem's going to sound different than if I'm in the country or if I'm in my, you know, in my bedroom, but it can work to any of those situations. And then, Hey, put some drums to it. How, how do you, how does it sound? And wow. so I, like I said, it took three years and it came out better than I ever dreamed. The like illustrations alone are incredible. Like oh, yeah. from, from reading a lot of kids books now, I mean, these are real deal. This is the real thing. I mean, they're incredible. So, and then the music and all this stuff is just awesome. There is a video that you shared of you discussing it, which I'll, I'll share basically where people can get it, but is this typically sold more for like for classroom use, obviously, because there's yeah. lessons and courses? It's, it is uh, sold through conscious discipline. And yeah, you have to go through there. And so like I, I spoke this morning at a, a professional development Zoom uh, at a, a, I did a Zoom call through uh, to this other school and they all had all the teachers had a copy of the wow. book. And they That's were going awesome. to be like doing it today. It was like this was they were going to build a community of teachers doing exercises out of the book. They were going to be discussing it. Maybe they were going to be doing the poetry. Maybe they were going to, you know, I led them in uh, Stop, Pause, Breathe and Think, which is one of the songs that we do. And, you yeah. know, it comes with hand motion. So we do the stop sign. We do the pause sign. We do the breathe. We do the think. Okay, again, it's getting back to that, you know, I do it playing drums, but I also had to teach it as as a body drumming. So we would do uh, slap our legs, clap. What do you do when you get mad at the game that didn't go your way? Do you throw the ball at the face of a friend, kick, scream, then run away? Do you feel the need to hit or bite because this anger is inside of you? You feel it all through your body, but you don't know what to do. There's nothing wrong with the feeling you get. That emotion lets you know you're alive. But how you react, that's a different thing. You must choose wisely in life to thrive. You need to stop, pause, breathe, and think. Will this act hurt, my friend? Stop, pause, breathe, and think. Will this make the problem in? Stop, pause, breathe, and think. How will these actions affect me? Will I get what I want and the problem leave or others stay away and keep me lonely? And then there's more like that. But because we... Oh, thanks. But because because we... did it we you know we could do the heads part where i again i just read it to you what do you do when you know if the problem is sure. hard you don't want and then we're just we're just reading it but the fact that i involved them in a rhythm yeah it is now part of them and you do it to kids who have trouble with conflict resolution now they also have the head start but they also know uh stop pause breathe and think there's some kids here at this school that 
before they leave my room, I'll look them right in the eye. And, I, and that's how we leave. Whenever you come, whenever you leave my room, you have to tell me the color of my eyes and I'll tell you the color of your eyes. And then we wish each other well, because I believe in eye contact. Yeah. And that's a, that's a life skill there. But totally. on, on some of them, I'll go, uh, Bart, your eyes are brown. I wish you well. And then stop, pause, breathe, and think. And they will do it along with me. So again, you know, I give them that little bit of a triage before they go back and be that awesome kid that we know that they all can be. Yeah. But they're just learning the missing skill of self-regulation. Yeah. I mean, just I think it's incredible. And you've got a very good vibe to you, obviously, from doing this for so long. But I think kids can just see that you're doing this. It's very genuine. Uh, you love the drums. You're a drummer. But also, it's just... I feel like you've taken some different things that you you obviously like working with children. You mm-hmm. like drums and percussion. You've put it together. And I think this book is like, it's just kind of a, it makes perfect sense. It seems like everything you. came yeah. together oh, like yeah. correctly to make this happen. It, it, it came, I'm 55 and I couldn't have made this book at 45 I, mm. <laughs> or 35. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's everything. It's a fabric. Life is a fabric. And, you know, yeah. and we're all yeah. <laughs> very amongst, cool. Yeah. So I will share it in the description. There's a lot of people out there who are teachers and work with kids, both drum teachers and, and you know, uh, normal school education kind of teachers. Um, so they can check out the description there. And uh, Rob, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Obviously, I'll put the link mm-hmm. in the description for the book, but okay. like social media, all that stuff. Where oh, can they yeah, find I'm, you? I'm, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. You know, and I'm real easy to find Rob Latham. So Rob okay. Latham, wherever at Rob Latham, you know, Rob, Rob Lee Latham, I think is on okay. Facebook, you know, uh, and then I'm on, like I said, I love LinkedIn. And so you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and then I teach, like I, I teach here at Ridgeview Elementary in, in Liberty, Missouri, and I pay, uh, teach drum lessons at uh, Palin Music here in, in Liberty. Oh, uh, cool. So, so, you nope. know. Drums for are, 35 years. Yeah, if people are around there, uh, then go talk to Rob and try and take some drum lessons with him because I think um, it seems like you're you're a great kind of... Uh, you got to be patient when you're teaching drums, and I yeah. think you have patience. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. So, all right, Rob. Well, thank you for being here. Congrats to Ridgeview, obviously, on all the success as well as a school. Um, this is a cool different episode than, than, than some of the normal just company histories and stuff, so I'm very happy to have you on here. Thank um, you. So thank you, Rob. Thank you very much for having me. If you like this podcast, find me on social media at Drum History and please share, rate, and leave a review. And let me know topics that you would like to learn about in the future. Until next time, keep on learning. <laughs>